Welcome to the Witness and Persecution Podcast with Nick and Ruth Ripkin, where we equip you with biblical principles and truths and practices learned from believers in persecution to help you cross the street and cross the oceans with the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Anthony Ball. And as we say every week, if you are loving this podcast, enjoying it, if you've been blessed by it, we would encourage you to do a couple of things. If you would go and like uh, and subscribe to Witness and Persecution with Nick and Ruth Ripkin, if you do that on the platform that you use uh, to listen to this podcast regularly. And then also, we would love if you would leave a review. When you like and subscribe and leave a review, we have the opportunity to continue to expand our reach and our global audience for this podcast. We have a very special guest, none other than Ruth Ripkin, <laughs> in our studio today. And Ruth, as I uh, told Nick, I think maybe last week or the week before, uh, we get to keep track of where listeners are coming from. And we added three new countries last week. So we're well over um, the 100 country mark being listened to in 100 different nations around the world. And so that's why we encourage our listeners to like and subscribe and leave a review because that continues to spread uh, this word out. And um, so enough from me, though. Ruth, how are you doing? And um, it's good to have you today. It is, and it's sunny and bright where we are in Kentucky, and I'm excited to get to be with you today. Nick usually gets to do that, but today I do. <laughs> you know, I like to tease Nick most weeks that uh, when we have you on, your episodes are the most listened to episodes <laughs> that we have. And you know, what's interesting is a lot of times we don't flag it as a an episode from Ruth, and so somehow through, I guess, God's Spirit speaking to people, they know that you <laughs> did an episode when it pops up. And so we have more people tuned in. So uh, the next time we record with Nick, I'll remind him uh, that <laughs> you are our most listened to uh, guest on on this show. There you go. You let him know. I love it. I will. I like how you want me to do that, and you won't say that to him. <laughs> <laughs> I live with him. <laughs> yeah, you have you have to live with him. <laughs> All right. Well, Ruth, let's let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, I'm excited about what you've got planned today, and. I think it's going to be uh, very powerful, very practical um, for all of our listeners uh, all over the world. And so let's jump into it. Let's let's get started today. Yeah. Anthony, do you ever um, feel like God's trying to hit you over the head with something and everything that, it, you know, every devotion you listen to, everything you read, it, the scriptures that you go to, everything points to this one thing that God's trying to teach you? Um, and I think, you know, that's where I want to jump off today, but I'll start with you. Do you ever have that happen to you? <laughs> yes, all the time. And more, more often than I like to admit, to be honest. <laughs> and that's a good answer because that's what's been happening to me the last two weeks. Um, I, every sermon, every devotion, uh, Nick's mm. and my devotions in the evening and even our times in the morning, um, just seem to be pointing me um, toward the issue of how do you deal with pain and suffering and trauma? And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I think mm. I've learned this lesson. I've had this happen. I've, I've dealt with this, but God's apparently wanting me to learn something new. And so I figured I'd just do it with you and our listeners and say, Hey, let's learn something new together. And uh, so, so, so that's where we're heading. And, and I hope it's a blessing to each person that listens. Um, because I, I want to share 
some personal stuff that Nick and I are dealing with. Um, but it's a lesson that started a long time ago in my life because I assumed that if I followed Jesus, that pain and suffering and trauma would not happen, that I wouldn't mm. deal with it. And, and I think right. those many of us feel that way. You know, we're doing what you ask us to do, God. Um, we're not going to have to deal with anything difficult. Uh, you know, I don't know why we think that, because if we look at the life of Jesus, we realize he didn't have that happen. It, it was a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot yeah. of difficulty, and he dealt with people who were in pain and suffering. So I, I don't know really why this topic has become so in my forefront, but I think one of the reasons is because of the trauma that's going on in the world right now that we are being faced with things and issues and events and hard things every day now. And the idea of hostage taking and people in prisons and people being, mm. you know, suffering just seems so heavy on me. But I want to bring it even closer to home. And I'll start with a story that mm. I'm sure Nick has told our listeners, but I'm going to repeat it. Um, because I won't tell it yeah. quite the same as he does. Um, but it was during those years we were first on the field. We had dreamed of being in Malawi. We had gotten to Malawi. The things were happening. Churches were being started. We saw people coming to Christ and everything seemed mm. to be going well until we started dealing with the issue of malaria. Right. And, uh, you know the story. Nick was taken to the hospital, and and uh, he was very, very sick. In fact, he didn't even remember going to the hospital and being wow. taken in the hospital. He was totally just out of it, and uh, his fever was so high, and I was so um, so devastated um, by him having to go to the hospital and then having to deal with how do I take care of my children and take care of my husband in the hospital. I went back home that night and, um, and I don't even remember, but I know I prayed and asked God to help him. And the next morning when I got to the hospital, um, he told me that the doctor had come in and they were dealing with getting his fever down and all that. Um, but the doctor looked at Nick and he said, Nick, do you want to see Jesus? Hmm. And the question seems so obvious. Of course we want to see Jesus. And then the doctor said, if you don't get out of this area, because we had had malaria so much those last wow. months, the doctor said, if you don't get out of this area, you will see Jesus very soon. And uh, I think it reminded me as I was dealing with this topic of that story, because in my mind, I never dreamed that less than two years on the field, we would be dealing with, do you want to see Jesus? Mm. And uh, wow. our leadership helped us in that situation. A lot of things helped us, but do you want to see Jesus? And I have no clue that the depths that God's going to take me in order for me to comprehend his ultimate grace and care in my life. 
And I think that's the struggle we have because we look at the trauma in the world and the, you know, the horrible things happening. And there's a lot of pain. A lot of people are suffering. And I often get that response back from the Lord as I'm praying. He said, why do you expect all these other people to suffer and you not suffer? And I have to be humbled at his feet and try to Mm. figure it out. So that's what I want us to struggle with today is how do we figure that out? And I know that there are a lot of caregivers. I know that there are a lot of people on the field right now who are dealing with aging parents and all those issues. I know that there are some listeners who are dealing with people who in their family who have dementia and Alzheimer's and all those things that make no sense that are horrific um, Hmm. diseases and problems. I know there are some listeners right now dealing with cancer and having to face the reality of chemotherapy. And I have a feeling there are even some believers right now who are followers of Christ, whose family is not, are not followers and they are struggling with the reality. Do I share with my family And what will the results of that be? So the suffering, uh, you know, Satan doesn't have levels of suffering. He just knows exactly where to go to Hmm. cause the suffering and the issues to come into reality and to focus for me. And for me, um, I believe, I have always believed that each of us have different levels of suffering. But I also believe that some of us will handle it well, and some of us will handle it in deep depression and difficulty. Mm. And how do we judge how we'll respond? Uh, I think I've shared before that Nick always reminds me that my response to a difficult situation, when I look back at it, am I going to be pleased with how I handled it? And so as I think about suffering and pain and the difficulties, I have to realize that my reactions to that are as much about how God's going to work in my heart as the reaction I have to the suffering. And uh, Mm -hmm. so my reactions are, are vitally important. So for our audience, for those who know us, they know that Nick has suffered with pain for a long time. In fact, for about 12 years now, he has dealt with very, very severe pain. Um, And I have gone to my prayer closet many times and said, God, I don't understand why. He's Mm -hmm. been faithful. He's been obedient. And uh, I think my reaction is it's a lot harder to watch someone suffer and go through pain than it is to deal with it yourself. I know that anybody who is a caregiver of people with pain and stress and all of that going into it, they understand this. Caregivers are really my heroes because they have, they they pay huge prices to care for someone they love and someone they are watching go through pain and suffering and hard times. And so I want to read a verse, um, It's the verse that I read this morning in my quiet time, and I guess God knew I needed it even today. 
to read it again. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's verse 7 through the end of, uh, through the end of that section, which is 10. To keep me from becoming, this is Paul speaking to us today. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with, sorry, with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I'm made strong. Hmm. I was sitting one day, and it wasn't this morning that this happened, but several years ago, and Nick was going through a really, really difficult time. And he he's dealing now with three things. At that time, it was just two. Um, he has horrible neuropathy, which the doctors say was a result of the malaria that we had in Malawi as well as some toxic waste he got into in Somalia. Then a few years ago, he developed rheumatoid arthritis, which caused his hands to curl and he had horrible cramping. And now he's dealing with double back surgeries, one that worked and one that did not work. Hmm. But at that time, he had two difficulties. And I read this verse that Paul says, I was, I've prayed for three times. I've asked God three times to take it away. Well, I prayed twice and then I was kind of scared to pray the third time. I'm sort of being tongue tongue in cheek here, but you know, if Paul spent time praying three times to take this thorn away, how dare I even think I can pray three times and Nick's pain will go away. But I really began to think about that. How do we pray to the extent that we need to as caregivers for those who are suffering, as people who are followers of Christ, who are praying for believers in persecution? How do I pray? And Paul's only going to do it three times. And so then I got to the point where God had heard me cry out to him in the night. God had seen me cry out in my prayer time. God had heard me, so I just stopped praying because he knows my heart and he knows my request. And one day he said to me, "Um, I haven't heard you asking for anything lately. And I woke up right then and I said, oh, dear. And so that reminded me, I cannot cease praying. My prayers have to be consistent. And I, I don't understand why Paul says I've prayed to have it taken away three times. Maybe his three times were a lot more powerful than my hundred times. I don't know. But I think for us, it's not how many times we pray for pain to go away, for suffering to stop, for trauma to end. It's how faithful and obedient are we to follow what comes next. Mm. When we hear Christ say, my grace is sufficient. 
and I will be faithful through it all. And it's in my weakness that he's made strong. And so I, I think that's where we really have to think about it. Are we praying for our brothers and sisters to the extent that in their weakness, they can be made strong? Or maybe it's that as we pray for them, our weaknesses become the strength that we need. And it may not be about the situation at all or the person we're caring for. It's about us. Are we following Christ in, in the weakness that we are? Um, mm. The verses I've been hearing about and the de devotions I've been hearing about are so real this week. Just the other, other night, two nights ago, it talked about that it's as we learn about our faith through our weakness, that God becomes strong. And I, I want to just, I'm, I will, I will, these come from streams in the desert and they always speak to me, but why is it, it says, that God leads us this way? He allows the strong to become weak so that we can lean on him. And I think that's where I'm at. Uh, I think that in this in this devotion that gave two reasons that God allows us to suffer. And one of them is so that in our difficulties, in our strength, we can see that his grace is sufficient. And the other one is that we can become weak so he can become strong and we allow our dependence to be totally on him. Um. Recently, Nick was uh, um, taken or given an opportunity to meet with a neurosurgeon, I mean, a neuropsychiatrist. And this is a doctor who lets you talk about your pain. He deals a lot of with a lot of people who are trying to get off medicines and drugs, things that are uh, that way. Mm. And um, so Nick did this visit with this um, neuro um, doctor. And uh, psychiatrist. And as he did, the neuropsychiatrist told him about his faith. It was so interesting because Nick shared his story about going to Somalia, about living in Malawi. He shared that. And the doctor just returned and shared about a deep faith that he had. And his, wow. as a believing Catholic, was so amazing. Hmm. As a seven-year-old boy, this psychiatrist shared that he was in Catholic school and he looked at the uh, um, icon of Jesus and he was just stunned that in that crucifix, that death of Jesus in his hands and his feet and all of that were the nail prints still there as he looked at the resurrected Christ. And wow. he asked the nun he said, as a seven-year-old, he asked the nun, why are those scars, those holes still in his body? And the nurse said to him, those are his badge of honor because it's in the suffering that we experience the resurrection. And Nick, and he began to share more. And I want to read something that the doctor wrote in the report that Nick's, Nick uh, received. He says, dangers and abuses 
are pandemic in every age, but it is important to be aware of particular challenges we face right now in this current time. All living beings suffer. I pause there. Life is stressful, particularly today. Yet if you have a faith tradition and think it's in spiritual terms, there's a way to make sense of your suffering. Christians are not different in what we suffer, only in the way we suffer. We must have a different issue and focus. Christians see everything as an opportunity to grow in union with God through faith, hope, and love. These emotions are the goal and fulfillment of life itself. For us, crucifixion is inseparable from resurrection. Temporary pain from eternal ecstasy in heaven. That is the specific and unique key to the way Christians respond to suffering. Suffering is our redemption. He wrote this in the in the report that all doctors that ever look at this report will see. And I stand here in awe. God knew exactly what we needed to meet this wonderful doctor to remind us that there's no such thing as resurrection without a crucifixion. And those of you who know Nick say, hear him say that all the time. Right. One of my friends, as I was struggling in the deep, darkest part of this struggle of watching my husband suffer, of watching him not sleep, of walking, watching him walk the floors at night, of struggling to make sure he doesn't fall as he struggles, one of my friends said, you know, perhaps the healing will come in the next when in in the resurrection in heaven well i didn't want to hear that Hmm. i wanted my three prayers as paul was saying to end right now i Hmm. wanted the answer to be immediate but for those of us who follow christ that answer may not come until we walk cross into glory until we're sitting at his feet in the resurrection time until we die and face our maker. Um, I think believers in persecution have modeled this for me so well because they don't expect God to answer right now. They expect that their obedience is all that's required right now. Um, So I have to stop assuming that I know God's heart and God's timing and God's uh, victory and I, ha- I have to believe that he is going to do what he needs to do in my life. As I learn what suffering and all of that is, um, do you want to see Jesus? Well, of course I do, but not right now. Hmm. I'd like to have my husband. I'd like for us to be able to start traveling again overseas. I'd like to go to and, and visit all those places that have requested us to come. But right now I have to remember he is sufficient. He mm. is all I need for right now. And if this is the lesson he needs me to learn, am I patient and willing to learn it? That I can 
understand him. Um, there's two verses in Romans, and um, I want to read those as well. Romans 8, 17 and 18. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. It's not about the sufferings. It's about, am I willing to give him the glory? It's not about the sufferings, but it's the partnership with him as we suffer. So many times, Anthony, believers said to us, please don't let people in the West or other places feel sorry for us because it's in those sufferings that we felt closest to Christ. And that's what I want. As I look at my husband and I watch him uh, daily walk through pain and suffering, I have to believe that God is working in him, but he's also working in me as I watch him. So my prayer for our listeners, um, for those who are caregivers, for those who will be caregivers in the future, for those who are suffering with unbelievable pain, where your pain level is above the level that they, you know, they say 10 is the highest level they they mark when they ask you how, mm. how your pain level is. And one friend of mine said, well, mine was about a 22 last night. And the doctor said, well, we don't go that high. But I think that's those are the people I want to say, God is walking with you and his grace is sufficient. He will not fail. He will not leave you. He will sustain you and give you hope. He will give you what you need as you walk through this. So I think that's my that's my um, lesson I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to work it out as I talk today. Um if you ask me tomorrow, I probably won't be as upbeat. Tomorrow may be one of those days where I can't mm. deal with it. But I think that's how God l- teaches me and learn and uh, helps me understand. So uh, I'll I'll just stop there and let you pick up the pieces, Anthony. Wow, there's no pieces to, to pick up except thinking just about the conviction that I have now and that we all have hearing that. But uh, that's in- incredible and. Uh, we're so grateful for you sharing that story because, um, you know, I'm, I, one, I, Romans eight eighteen is my favorite verse for, I consider our present sufferings, nothing compared to the glory that be revealed in us. I love that. And uh, in fact, that's on my email signature, uh, for the ministry, because it reminds me so much as, as you have taught me and us so much about these believers in persecution suffering so much. And yet I love what you uh, quoted that doctor as saying is that that's that is our redemption through the crucifixion we get to resurrection that is that is incredible well well Ruth I know that some people are going to ask because we always get people uh, emailing and and writing in after episodes they're gonna uh, email I know we'll have several people who will say how can we pray for you guys how can we <laughs> lift you up as you lift so many up and as um, you explained in a few episodes ago just kind of how you walk through your prayer time and your 
devotionals and the many, many people that you lift up on a regular basis, there are people who are going to want to lift up you and Nick. What can we, maybe what can you share some ways that, that our listeners can pray for you and and uh, lift you all up in, in this season as we walk to glory together? Well, I think number one, we desperately want to keep going and teaching and doing what we're doing. So pray that uh, the doctors can balance the medicines so that pain can be eased for Nick and that he can deal with flying on airplanes again. We have so many requests to come back overseas and teach and train, and those are the things our heart desires to do. Um, and so I, I covet your prayers um, that we will be able to continue doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Second, I ask that you will uh, allow, that you will ask God to allow Nick to sleep through the nights. That, um, you know, sleep is so vital. And we know that sleep deprivation is one way that believers in persecution are, 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 are broken. Um, and so we don't want that to happen. We want to ha- have good rest. Um, and I think the the other way that you can lift us up is that we can live in joy, that no matter what we're dealing with, that that insurmountable suffering and pain that is talked about in that Romans verse, um, we can live in joy. And mm. as we go to bed at night, we can, we can be joyful and be excited about what God's uh, done in the day. Wow. I love that. And you guys are such a great example of that uh, to us and walking through suffering with joy and walking through pain with joy and seeing the purpose that God has in that. Ruth, thank you for for sharing that story. And thank you for giving us some insight and ways that we can pray, but also uh, what we can take to heart today. Uh, because I know, um, and we we hear from many, many listeners, I know we'll have many people who will hear this episode and they'll say, that's me. Maybe I'm walking through that pain right now, or I'm walking alongside someone right now who's walking through that, journeying through some of those dark valleys. I know this will be an encouragement, and I know that this will lift them up and remind them of God's goodness, remind them of God's purpose in this suffering. And, and like that scripture in Romans that you that you quoted, uh, it's sometimes it's hard earthly from an earthly standpoint to to really believe that. You know, this is just minor. This is just temporary. This is nothing compared to what is is coming. Uh, and so, I think today you've reminded us to put our our eyes not on those circumstances, but on that that heavenly glory that we are looking forward to. And so, I know uh, you will encourage many people. And I know for sure uh, we have lots of believers in other countries who are workers who are listening to this episode right now, uh, who are in very difficult places, and they really are walking through suffering. We want you to know that God sees you and hears you. Um, like we mentioned many podcasts, you are free to write into the website. Uh, you can write in the subject line for Ruth only or for Nick only and say, we, we need some prayer. We're walking through a dark valley. We need some people to know and pray for us and, and, and hold up our arms uh, in the battle as well. And so if you are uh, in, the, in the West or overseas and you need that, feel free right now to email the website. And we would love to spend some time as a ministry praying for you and lifting you up to the throne. So, Ruth, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for for giving us just a, a glimpse of that story and of your testimony and you all's 
uh, journey today. We'll be sure to be praying for you. And uh, I know that God will use this to encourage those who are listening today. So thank you for sharing that to our listeners. Thank you for tuning in and for being a part of Witness and Persecution today. Uh, I've been your host, Anthony Ball. And if you would like more information about our ministry, how to get connected to the ministry, how to listen to more of these podcasts to connect with Nick and Ruth, uh, we encourage you to go to the website, nickripkin.com, www.nickripkin.com, and you can find all about the information about Nick Ripkin Ministries. Thank you for being with us today, and we will be with you next time.